Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 5th edition of the sunny side of sports. The field is set for Wednesday's semifinals at the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. Nigeria will play South Africa in the first semifinal in Boake, Ivory Coast. And that will be followed by a match between host Ivory Coast and the Democratic Republic of Congo in Abidjan. In quarterfinal results from the weekend, Nigeria beat Angola 1-0. The Democratic Republic of Congo defeated Guinea 3-1. Ivory Coast beat Mali 2-1 in extra time. And South Africa edged Cape Verde on penalty kicks 2-1 after the teams played to a scoreless draw after 120 minutes of Nations Cup football. Joining us now from Abidjan is Samson Omale, who takes a look at the four semifinalists. Nigeria, DR Congo, Cote d'Ivoire, and South Africa have emerged as the four semifinalists in the 34th edition of the continent's premier sporting event. We preview the four finalists and we begin with Nigeria. The Super Eagles stand as the most experienced team at this stage, making their 16th appearance in the CAF Afghan semi-final. Nigeria aimed for one thing, securing a spot in the final. And despite entering the tournament as favorites, Nigeria faced challenges, notably with a drawn match against Equatorial Guinea. While the focus was on their attacking prowess, the defense proved resilient, conceding only one goal. Super Eagles vice-captain William Truss Ekong reacts to their being in the last four. We're very satisfied with uh, qualifying now for the semi-final. Um, I think uh, the game wasn't as pretty as we wanted it to be, but uh, the underlying situations that we qualified uh, for the semi-final, that's what we wanted to do. You know, at this st- stage of the tournament, it doesn't really matter how you play as long as you win the game. For DR Congo, anticipation met reality as the country secured its first victory in the CAF Africa Cup of Nations, Ivory Coast 2023. Facing Guinea in the quarterfinals, the Leapers displayed strength, overcoming an early goal by the Seal National to win 3-1. This victory marks the fifth time in the history of DR Congo that they have reached the semifinals of the Cup of Nations. When DR Congo won the Cup of Nations in 1968 and 1974, they eliminated the host country in the semifinals. In 1968, they beat Ethiopia 2-3 after extra time and in 1974, Egypt fell by the same scoreline. And talking about the host, Cote d'Ivoire, they are in their ninth semi-final appearance. Facing DR Congo will set the stage for a rematch of the 2015 semi-final where the elephants emerged victorious with a 3-1 scoreline in Bata, Equatorial Guinea. The fourth team to make its way into the semi-final is Bafana Bafana of South Africa. They return to the pinnacle, ending a 24-year absence from the Cup of Nations semi-finals. The South Africans impressed, eliminating Morocco, a World Cup semi-finalist, and then adding Cape Verde, previously unbeaten. Their journey continues in the semi-finals where they face a similar foe in the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Hugo Bruce is a South African coach. I think we played the worst game of the tournament, of all our games. We played better against Mali, we played better against Namibia, Tunisia, also Morocco. And today 
yeah, this this was not the team we saw in the previous weeks, and I think I think for um, for some players it's a, a very new experience, and that maybe the pressure and and the nerves. I am Samson Omale in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire. Thanks, Samson. For more reaction to the upcoming semifinal matches at the Nations Cup in Ivory Coast. Iron Mike Mbonye called Abidjan, where he reached the chief football writer at ACLSports.com, Fisayo Dairo. It promises to be an highly interesting and very competitive game on Wednesday between Nigeria and South Africa. Why? Because games between these two countries always transcend beyond the pitch of play. It's just like a classic Nigeria-Ghana game. It's, it's beyond the pitch, you know. Talk about the social media banter, talk about the reactions on the streets. These two teams are always at a juggle out of each other. And in this competition, Nigeria remain unbeaten. And they are the only team in the semi-final not to have required extra time or even penalties so far in, in this competition. The South Africans, meanwhile, have come this good because they lost their opening game to Mali 2-0. But they've since bounced back and they emerged victorious in that penalty shootout, courtesy of the heroics of Ronwen Williams, who, interestingly, was in goal the last time these two countries met at the Africa Cup of Nations in 2019. Nigeria winning by two goals to one, with a winning goal scored by William Krustekong, who is the on-pitch captain for the team in this tournament. Sporting greetings. This is William Chosekong from Nigeria Super Eagles. You're listening to the sunny sides of sports on the Voice of America. That victory over, over South Africa in 2019 was Nigeria's third in as many matches against the South Africans in the Africa Cup of Nations. And 24 years ago, both teams met at this level with the Super Eagles winning 2-0 in Lagos, courtesy of a first-half brace by Tijani Babangida. There is so much to play for on Wednesday, and I'm sure the pitch of the Stade de la Paix in Boake will definitely suffer when these two elephants meet. Hosts Côte d'Ivoire will play DR Congo in another semi-final game. Some football analysts think that Côte d'Ivoire has found its rhythm what are your thoughts on the game? Well, I will not particularly say that the Ivorians have found their reading. What I would just say is that I think they've found their mental strength. You know, getting to this semi-final stage, the Ivorians have needed 120 minutes in back-to-back knockout games. Very difficult games against their francophone neighbours, likes of Mali in the quarter-final and Senegal, the defending champions whom they eliminated on penalties in the round of 16. So I wouldn't call it reading specifically because I think if they had the reading, they could have won those games in 90 minutes. But what they have going for them is the mental strength and character. You know, they, they faced adversities against Senegal. They conceded first in the opening five minutes and then they kept pushing and pushing and pushing until they got a late equalizer and they took out the champions on penalties against Mali. They, they considered first again and then they had to play with 10 men for over 75 minutes in that particular encounter and they emerged victorious. Cutsy of a first late equalizer and then a last gaps winner in extra time. So, um, it, it, that's what has been working for them. When you combine that with a vociferous crowd that supports them, 
on the pitch and the very good thing for the Ivorians also is that they return to the main stadium for this competition the Stade Olympic de Bimpe also known as the Alassane Ouattara Stadium here in Abidjan after having played their last two matches in the knockout in different cities so they will not be short of support they will have everything going for them i expect on that particular day and i'm sure it's not going to be an easy one for the congolese who i think have really overachieved coming into this competition they managed to beat egypt on penalties and then they took apart Guinea at that particular stadium, which was the semi-final on Wednesday night, the Abimpe Stadium, by three goals to one. Take nothing away from them. They also have top-quality stars who are based in Europe, and it's certainly going to be an explosive game on Wednesday night in Abidjan. Fisayo, as a football analyst, what's your assessment of games played in AFCON 2023, especially upsets by the so-called Minos? I'm sure it has become a note of consensus now that this is perhaps the best Africa Cup of Nations ever. You know, it served us with the best of African football. When you are looking for the perfect advertisement for African football to the world, this Africa Cup of Nations tournament is definitely up there. It has served us with great goals, with shocks, with upsets, with impressive performances, interesting individual displays the officiating has been top-notch the use of the video assistant referee has been near spotless and blameless so far so it's been a competition that not just the confederation of african football not the organizers but the entire people associated with the black race have been very very proud of Kodava have tried to give us a spectacle delivering six top-notch facilities for the games to be staged and the players coming at the middle of their respective seasons at their respective clubs have come to the party because without the players there is no football they've, they've served us with heroic displays by goalkeepers solid defending by the defenders massive creativity by the midfielders and um, incredible goals you know from the attackers and from every part of the corner so definitely it's been a, a stuff of dreams for those here in Abidjan and here in Cordova watching the games and for those across the globe they've, they've relished and lived every part of the competition so far and I'm sure when I say it's arguably um, unarguably the best tournament we've had since inception of the AFCON I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me. And we are down to four matches left. And definitely, these games will be the peak of what we have experienced so far. That's Fisayo Dairo, the chief football writer at ACLSports.com. And Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Sporty greetings. This is Fisayo Dairo. Chief Football Writer at ACLSports.com and you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. This week on Straight Talk Africa, 
protests in Senegal after President Macky Sall announced the indefinite postponement of the presidential elections set for February 25th. And in Namibia, Nangolo Mbumba, who took over as interim president after Hage Geingob's sudden death, says he won't run in this year's elections. Join me, Heidi Adams, for an in-depth analysis on this week's Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My X, formerly known as Twitter handle, is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes. Check out voaafrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to voanews.com. something to crow about sunny side of sports listeners my voa colleague muck bill yabaro joins us now to talk nba hoops and maybe super bowl too sporty greetings muck bill sporty greetings sunny muck bill some big injury news out of philadelphia sunday night the philadelphia 76ers announced their star center joel Embiid, out of cameroon will undergo knee surgery this week uh, big blow to the team. Uh, your reaction? Yeah, uh, Embiid has been plagued with uh, injuries in his career. If we remember first two seasons uh, in his career, but uh, Philadelphia stuck with him. And uh, in that, they've been able to have some level of success in trusting the process. Unfortunately for them, they have yet to get that a long-awaited uh, championship for the Sixers. But outside of that, you know, he... Want, he is the reigning MVP of the NBA at the moment, but uh, as you just mentioned, because of this, uh, you know, we don't really know when he's going to be able to come back. Right, and right. this new uh, 65 game rule uh, will definitely, most definitely, I think, keep him out of uh, potential back to back MVP conversations. So you have to play at least. Uh, you have to play at games. least 65 games with this new rule that's been in place uh, this year. This is a uh, conversation that, you know, we've had uh, off, you know, off um, mic. Um, and a lot of people seem to have mixed emotions about mm-hmm. it. I can understand from a fan perspective, the NBA wanting to stop things like load management, right? There was a, a stat that I was looking at the other day that said that um, I believe Kawhi Leonard has only played uh, three seasons uh of 65 games or more in his 12 season career. Um, That just goes to show you that, you know, if you're a fan of Kawhi and you 
want to come and see him, it's highly likely you may not see him, you know, <laughs> in some of these cities that you may be going to. And and absolutely, some of these games, he may really be injured, uh, similarly to what Joel is right now. So it's kind of like, how do we pick and choose? And because this rule is so strict and the number is 65, if you go under that number for whatever reason, uh, you won't be able to be an MVP Muckbill, Joel Embiid, currently the NBA's leading scorer, averaging 35.3 points each game. What does his absence uh, mean to Philadelphia's offense? Uh, that that definitely means that uh, a heavy, heavy load will be placed on the shoulders of the young man, Tyrese Maxey, who's already had a 50-point game this season, which is unbelievable. It just seems like some of these players nowadays just, uh, there was a run where I think Embiid scored 70 this year. Wow, that's uh, right. Yeah, Luka went off for 73. Devin Booker and Cap both had 62. So there's been uh, this this uh, unbelievable uh you know, individual performances that some of these players have been able to put together this season uh, just goes to showcase the level of skill set that a player has to have to be able to score that many points. It's really phenomenal. Um, but I will say that Maxi is going to have a heavy, heavy responsibility if Embiid is out for a while. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be out, you know, we really don't know what the timeline looks like. The Sixers haven't said it, but it is a left knee uh, meniscus uh, injury. We don't know to what extent, though, at the moment. So it'll kind of be a day-to-day to see the update that the Sixers give uh, give us. Uh, and uh, we'll kind of have to see from there what where they go. Because at the moment, it uh, seems like the Sixers are in fifth position um, in the East. They have 30 wins and 18 losses. Losing the big man could definitely drop them a little bit uh, right. there, you know, so may drop them out of playoff contention unless the team is able to stick together. They do have some veteran leadership in there. Patrick Beverly, uh, Tobias Harris is there. So they do have a cast that still can keep it together uh, with the young man, uh, Tyrese Maxey, kind of leading them in the offensive department. So we'll see. We'll see how they how they do. Muckbill, let's go from Joel Embiid to another Cameroonian star, Pascal Siakam. He was acquired by the Indiana Pacers in a trade on January 19th. Siakam says he's starting to feel more comfortable with the Pacers. On Sunday night, he put up 25 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists as the Pacers beat the Charlotte Hornets 115-99. to Your reaction to uh, Siakam now being on the Pacers, Muckbill? Uh, I, I really like it. The uh, Pacers showed that they, they, they're a very serious organization. I respect it so much knowing that Tyrese Halliburton is having such a stellar season this year just to get him that help that he needs a player of Pascal Siakam's caliber is gonna do numbers for this team once they really start gelling and he said that he's starting to feel comfortable he was the leading scorer for their team that night and also was the highest in plus minus he had 30 plus 30 which Mm, is an mm. unbelievable number meaning that every moment that he was on the floor that team was just really going and they were rolling so to see him go from the Raptors to Indiana in what seems like a very seamless uh process for him is 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 really something to look at it shows his um 
you know, professionalism, you know, because I know he was so connected to that Toronto Raptors team as he was the leader of that team going to this team now going in as the second man, really, right? This is Tyrese Halliburton's team. Uh, but knowing that Halliburton is the type of player to welcome help in and he's showing him that Siakam, this is your team just as much as it's ours. I really like this young core for this Indiana Pacers team. And I'm really excited to see what they do at the moment. They're in uh, sixth place in the Eastern Conference with 28 wins and 23 losses. So right around that 500, you know, 549 mark. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward as soon as they start clicking on all cylinders. In terms of clicking on all cylinders, Muckville, a player right here in Washington, Bradley Beal, puts up 43 points Sunday night. And I would used to I used to say, Muckville, wow, if Beal scored 43, the Wizards must have won. But turns out he was playing for another team last night, the Phoenix Suns. And Beal now uh, starting to heat up for the Suns. Your reaction, Muckville? The interesting thing about this Suns team is just that you have three scorers of the caliber of a Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, right? Just to put this into perspective, Devin Booker puts up 14 points. Um, Kevin Durant puts up 18. Nurkic puts up 18. And Bradley Beal puts up 43. It's just so weird, this this team (laughs) dynamic, because it's like, you know, you never expect to see a, like a scoreline where somebody outscores both Kevin Durant right. and Devin Booker, but it's Bradley Beal, so it makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, you have these three guys who are, you know, definitely uh, amazing scorers. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do in the postseason. Uh, but the one thing that's kind of stood out to me on this team is that outside of those three and I'd say also Nurkic has been really decent. So their starting lineup really puts up numbers for this team. Outside of that, though, they don't really get much help offensively from anyone else. And that that's problematic when these three or one of them is missing. Uh, you got to get the other guys going as well. So I'm interested to see, you know, with the minutes that, like a Bull Bull. Bull Bull got about 15 minutes yesterday, put up eight points. It's, kind of, it's decent, you know, eight points, seven rebounds, um, you know, Eric Gordon uh, put up about seven points, but he's really a scorer. Or want, he wants to score the ball. Uh, Eubanks played for about uh, 15 minutes and have had about five points. So you got players like that that really need to also get part of the rotation. But it seems like, to me, this team is very iso ball dominant. Kevin Durant can kind of stand in a corner and get his shot off against anybody in the league. Devin Booker similarly. Bradley Beal is the same thing. So what happens when teams start defending those players in a certain manner and force the other teams to kind of, uh, you know, beat you? But when all three are healthy, it's going to be very difficult. But if one of them is injured or two of them are injured, as we've seen in some games, if I just have to deal with KD, I'll let anyone else on that team beat me if Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are out. So they just got to start figuring out what they're going to do in the postseason. They don't really play great defense either as a collective team. Kind of reminds me of uh, uh, the uh, Spurs, uh, the uh, the Suns team where uh, Steve Nash and Stoudemire right. used to, the run and gun, right? Um, that style kind of forces you to outscore teams all the time, but you can't outscore everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with my VOA colleague, Muck Bill Yabarro, about NBA, but we're going to transition to American-style football. The Super Bowl, the National Football League's title game, will be played on February 11th in the western U.S. city of Las Vegas, Nevada. The Super Bowl, the biggest sporting event here in the United States and arguably in the world, if you factor in television audience, Muckbill. Uh, coincidentally, the game will be played on the same day as the Nations Cup final. Uh, the Super Bowl will be kicking off uh, after the Nations Cup final in Ivory Coast, but we've got the Kansas City Chiefs who are very familiar with the Super Bowl, Muck Bill. I think this is their fourth time in the Super Bowl in five years going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Is there an African flavor to this Super Bowl? Yeah, I would definitely say a player to watch will be Brandon Ayuk uh, for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. He is a right wide receiver. He's wide receiver number two, I would say. He's a big play threat. Uh, wide receiver one is Debo Samuels, as a lot of Americans and folks that follow the NFL will know. He's a big, big play threat for them. So, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, he, has, uh, he is of Cameroonian descent. Uh, so there's a little African component to it right there uh, as we were just talking about pascal and joel i think today today uh, keeping it cameroon it's got a cameroon <laughs> feel to it right right i think that's been our theme for today uh unfortunately for cameroon they're not in the afcon anymore so we, we had to kind of supplement over here on this side but yeah it's going to be an exciting exciting super bowl i think this might be a hot take but i think patrick mahomes if he wins this Super Bowl, he might be top three all-time quarterback. You know, this he, would be his third. third this would be Super his third. Bowl. I think he's only twenty-eight. Wow! Uh, and he will have more playoff wins than every quarterback except for Brady and uh, Montana. So you know, that's it's it's a hot take, but I, I definitely think that it's in conversation. Uh, what he's been able to do uh, has been very, very amazing from the perspective of just, you know, this season they didn't really look that great. Uh, you know, he's had to kind of put together some things. And for most of the games that I've, I've watched and seen them lose really hasn't been to the detriment of him doing anything wrong. Just receivers and tight ends really were just dropping a lot of passes. Uh, so you could see the frustration on his face, but him and his team have always stepped up when they've gone to the playoffs. Uh, a ton of folks really thought that this might have been the year for the Baltimore Ravens uh, and Lamar Jackson, but they met a Kansas, uh, Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs team that really, really kind of showed them that they are on that next mm, level, mm. you know. So Baltimore still has, you know, relatively close to home. So, uh, you know, a ton of fans uh, around the way, but... You know, we all love what Lamar Jackson is doing. I still think he possibly will get a uh, season MVP. He had a stellar season this year, so we'll see. But I think it's going to be a very uh, interesting matchup because the 49ers uh, with Brock uh, Purdy. Uh, Purdy, Purdy this year. Yeah. Purdy's, uh, you know, some folks say that he's a game manager. Uh, but with the skill set that he has around him, I think with that, you can still kind of get the job done because he doesn't really make a lot of mistakes. And I like that from him. So, you know, you got Mahomes on one side who's a game changer and then a game manager. So people have been debating whether or not he'll be able to get get it over on him. So 
we'll, well see. Well, Muckbill, we were talking before we came in the studio about how sports and music are often intertwined. And when it comes to this Super Bowl, what do you think that about Taylor Swift? Are we going to see Taylor Swift at this Super Bowl? They have been talking about it, saying that the Swifties are watching Taylor because she has this tour that she's doing somewhere in, in Asia. And they're looking at the timings and how long it's going to take for her flight to get back to the game. But they're saying she may be able to be in attendance. <laughs> so we're going to be so excited to see Taylor. And, and you know, the, the NFL is smiling to the bank every, oh. every time she shows up at a game. Oh, absolutely. This has been the greatest thing to fall into the NFL's lap, you know, to the point where I saw something, man. I saw people or the NFL, I think the, I don't know who posted it, saying that, you know, this new phenomenon is the uh Travis Kelsey haircut it's it's a regular fade it's a re- it's a fade I think I've been getting for 20 plus years but it's the Travis Kelsey fade now so any way that you know the NFL can kind of milk it man they're doing a great job so kudos to them man uh and I think it's gonna be exciting I think Travis had a heck of a season heck of a uh you know he did he, he's been having heck of a championship game ab- AFC championship absolutely game. you know he he's he's a bona fide star you know, with or without, you know, the the the, the Taylor Swift, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> chaos. Uh, he, he's been a stellar player. But this has also helped him and raise his profile as well. So I'm sure he's excited that his, you know, love interest is, is, is giving him that much more, you know, drive. Him and his brother got a podcast, so they've been uh, talking on there as well. So. so will you be showing love to either the Chiefs or the 49ers, Muckville? Or I th- are you just going to approach it as a regular fan? I think I'm just going to approach it. I don't really have any uh, loyalty to either team. I just would love to see a great game. Sometimes you got Super Bowls that are like blowouts, and I really don't want to see that. I want to see both teams compete all the way until the end, and that will be an amazing game for me. Muckbill Yabaro talking sports here in Studio 22. Thank you, Muckbill. Thank you, Sonny. And that wraps up the February 5th edition of the show. Thanks to producer and VOA sports reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Thanks also to VOA engineer Rob McLean. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.